Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. You're tuning in live to another amazing podcast in 2018 of BJ Speaks, a conversation with. Today is Sunday, January 21st, 2018, and down here in South Florida, it's a beautiful day and the weather is perfect, so I don't know why I am cooped up indoors. But I do know why, because I'm here to interview someone very special to me. If at any time you'd like to speak to me during this live broadcast or it, or to my guest, you may call in at 347-539-5372. Again, that call-in line is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and you prefer to DM me on my social media feeds, you know how to find those, but there are links to them on billypauljones.com, or you may send an email to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is Everyday Folks Listen, as folks with an S, listen at gmail.com. A few shout-outs for a couple of things that are coming up here in the Everyday Folks world. Next Sunday on the 28th of January, I'll be interviewing my, my dear colleague, Nadine Taps, who wrote an amazing poetry work, and I read it from cover to cover. And I'm definitely looking forward to a conversation with him about its creation and even more so where he's going with his craft. In addition, returning this Sunday, Saturday, actually, is Journey into Passion with my colleague and homegirl, Anike S. Please do listen out for her show at 3 p.m., where she's bringing back another exciting segment in series that I don't think you'd want to miss. And then also happening later in February are two important things. February 17th, I was tapped in honor to be invited to serve as the keynote speaker at the 8th Annual Mangles Writers Conference here in Miami, Florida. And it is hosted through the South Florida Writers Association, by which I am a member. And so if any of you are interested in being a part of that, you may go to my homepage at billypauljones.com, take a look and click the page title, Who I'm Supporting, and you will see a link to the SFWA website. And then lastly, on February 22nd, Yes, Anike S. is back. I'm bringing her back to Broward College. She'll be speaking to our scholars on the power of digital storytelling through words and, of course, through blogging. So we have a lot going on, and it's not even a quarter. First quarter of the year has not even passed. So definitely very excited about all these endeavors. But I'm even more excited about who I'm about to interview because this person is very dear to me and may be familiar to many of you. So I'll read the bio that is posted online on our, on our archive about our exciting guests. Marcus Jones is a certified group fitness personal trainer and cycle instructor at Cycle Zone Miami. Along with working a full-time job, he manages to make fitness a central component of his routine. Marcus's passion for fitness started as a child with his love for sports. He has been an athlete since the age of six and dedicated to working out and staying fit. His goal is to empower each client with the knowledge skills, support, guidance, and resources to assist and inspire them on their journey to a healthier life. Today, I am privileged to bring in my homie, my my cousin, yes, the man who we share similar DNA with, my cousin Marcus Jones. 
We call him Jonesy by, for short. Welcome to the show, Jonesy. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great a great way to come in. Um, I appreciate being on the show. And what's up, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Well, we are so excited you're here. And I have to share, just so that you are aware, before the, the show started, you and I were talking about fitness. And you mentioned right before this segment, you were working out. And you received a text or a call from somebody very dear to you and me. And she asked a question. <laughs> <laughs> that I did. You know who I'm referring to? <laughs> definitely, most definitely. So I'm in the gym working out, you know, as normal, and I get a call from my mom, and she's like, "Marcus, are you keeping secrets from me?" I'm like, no, mom, I'm not keeping any secrets. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, you are. You are definitely keeping secrets from me. And I, once she said that again, I knew automatically exactly what she was talking about because I posted yesterday on on my Cycle Zone Miami page on Instagram that I'm going to be on the show. Uh-huh. And she's like, you're going to do a, you're going to do an interview with your cousin Billy today, huh? And I was like, yes, mom, I am. <laughs> I hope you're going to tune in. She's like, oh, yes, I'm definitely going to tune in. Not only that, I sent a text message to all my friends, and they will all be listening to you, so you better speak clearly. <laughs> oh, speak clearly. Well, I, we have to send a shout-out. You, you're doing so well, and I have to send a shout-out to Aunt Joan. Thank you for listening up in Baltimore. I hope the weather is favorable to you and all the listeners up there. And thanks for supporting Marcus and me during this exciting moment. And and it's true Love that when, whenever folks, you know, when you get into this thing and you start promoting what you do, people don't realize how important your brand is and, and what that means in the world. So you have an impressive brand, and it's working so well. My, my, my first initial question is, because I've seen you grow up, so it's an easy one for me. To, to, to know, but it's important to still ask, what does fitness mean to you? To me, pers- like, personally, it's real simple. Um, fitness to me is health. You know, you, 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 I want to be able to work out, go throughout my day, and not get tired while I'm doing normal activities. A lot of people try to make it a lot more complicated than it is. And like, I work with people, and they go up the stairs, and by the time they get up to the top flight, they're tired. And I'm talking about 10 10 to 15 yep. steps. Me, personally, I work out enough where I go up the 10 steps running up the steps because it's, it's easy to me only because I consistently work out and try to stay fit. Mm-hmm. I like to be, be able to, um, you know, it's not just about looking good, but feeling good make, is, is very key. So I like to keep it real simple. You know, it's, it's almost like water. It takes the shape of whoever is holding it or whatever is holding it. Mm-hmm. Um, working mm-hmm. out to be, you can be working, walking three or four times a day, or like me personally, I like to take a couple of cycling classes a week, and I like to hit the gym on my mm-hmm. off time to stay in shape. That's really awesome. And, and what you said is very true. I, I see colleagues. I my or my office when I arrive to my campus, my office is one flight up, and I take the stairs all the time because it's just better for you. But I remember one of my mm-hmm. colleagues said, "You gonna take the stairs?" And I said, yeah, take the stairs. You you can burn calories throughout your day. And so, and I re- recognize that some people may have certain challenges that prohibit them from doing that, but you can never be too tired to take good care of your health because you not only look better and feel better, you also sleep better. You rest better. That is true. So it all is one complete cycle. And what do you believe? Now, 
I've had, and I've had a struggle all my life with weight. I go up and down in genetics, so I can't, I can't fight it. But I do try to do my best, and I try to monitor what I eat. So much of mine, much of mine is genetics versus my bad eating. I'm very, very particular. I'm a picky eater. I'm not a foodie. I don't like to challenge and try new things. I'm not too keen on a lot of bread, and I don't like drinking colored soda or, co- or coffee. However, people have different challenges. But I want your opinion on something. What do you believe are the biggest mistakes that people make in maintaining their health? Well, there's a few things. Um, starting off by um, not being consistent, because uh, when, you, when you're when mm-hmm. consistent with your workouts, it's a lot easier to work out than, you know, not being consistent. Um, another thing yeah. is, like, small things in your diet. Like, instead of eating white rice, choosing to eat brown rice. You know, and um, right. adding, like, vegetables to your diet. Like, me personally, I, I food almost like gas. It's not about, oh, I want to try this, I want to try that. No, I need to eat enough right. food to get me throughout the day. So broccoli, brown rice, and chicken, I eat it three or four times a day. It doesn't have to be different. It doesn't, it's not about, oh, it tastes so good. It just it gets me through my day. Just like gas, you put gas right. in your car, you're not going to go change the gas that you put in your car. <laughs> so True. to keep it real simple well, is being, being consistent and changing your and eating like simple things. Well, you mentioned something that's very true there, which is we should live to. Some people um, live to eat versus eat to live. And if you live to eat, it's nice to have a great meal. It's it's great to do those kind of things. But when you're busy, like you and me, we're very busy during our days. So I find mm-hmm. it much easier to eat right when I'm busy. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I find it easier to eat right because as long as I'm packing and planning ahead, I can eat right. But some folks will quickly eat for the the fast, you know, those kinds of things. So it's easy to slip up all the same as well. So it is true what you said. Consistency is very, very key. And I do want to share with some of the listeners, Marcus, who's listening right now. For those of you who are aware, so Marcus is a personal trainer, and he's also a, a, a group cycle, a, a group of fitness instructor as well. So even though you may be a personal trainer, you work not only individually, but you work with a collective group of people and engaging them in exercise. How is that? Is, that, is, is it challenging, or is it just as challenging to deal with people one-on-one as it is in groups? It is just as challenging for me, or what I try to do is I try to get to them mentally. So they change their outlook on actually working out, you know, because if you see working out as something, a strenuous activity, you're gonna, it's going to always be hard to, you know, it's like, oh, man, now i got to go work out. Or what, the way I do it is that, look, let's, let's start off simple. Doing a lot of squats is hard for you, so we're going to start walking, and then we'll do like a mini squat so you can get used to the moment without any weight. And then I do the same thing. So if I have a group of people, I don't have just one workout. I kind of want to, I kind of gear it towards the fitness levels of the people that's in the class because I don't want to scare them off mm-hmm. like right away. I want them to get used to working out just like any other thing that you do. You're not going to just learn a different language by going full force and learning every word at the same time. You got to learn simple words, you know. So I try to get them to start off simple, maybe walking a couple of times a week, and then once you start to get used to that, then we go ahead and move on to the next step. So and I and I do that whether it's a group or it's one person. 
and it works out for me and my clients because they start to understand that it's not about trying to be the bodybuilder. It's like just trying to mm-hmm. get better than I was the day before. Well said. Well said. That's a great question. And for those of you who are listening live and how you're listening to Marcus Jonesy Jones, personal trainer and, and fitness instructor at CycleZone Miami here in our hometown, Miami, Florida. If you'd like to speak to him or me during this live broadcast, you may call in at 347-539-5372. Again, that call in line is 347-539-5372. And I see that many of you are not shy. Jonesy, they're not shy. The questions are coming in. If you're not shy, we continue to do accept your questions, request your comments via everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com and as well as through all of my social media feeds. In fact, what we're going to do, Jonesy, I'm going to take a couple of the questions that are coming in live. That way we're able to get as many as we can in. Normally on these segments, people will email and, or call, call in so much that I don't get a chance to get to all the questions. So I want to give them the benefit, and you will need the opportunity to have a, a dialogue about some of their topics. Let's try one now from New York City, New York. This one's coming from Sydney from NYC. Thank you for listening, Sydney. I know you are a dedicated listener of this show. He asked the following question to you, Marcus. How long did it take you to become a personal trainer? Is the pay worth it? That's a great question, Ashley. Um, well, the pay, honestly, the pay is, is, is worth it to me only because the reason why I got into personal fitness and personal training was to help others get fit. You know, I've I've dealt with people in my family that wasn't so fit growing up and, uh, you know, seeing how hard it could be. So it wasn't about the pay. It was mm-hmm. about actually educating others on getting fit. And I've been doing it. It took to actually get my certificate. It only took maybe a year. But that's because I've been working out mm-hmm. my whole life. So I knew most of the answers to the, I mean, to the test before I actually started studying for it. But, I mean, the pay could be worth Great. it depending on how often you work, like how often you're training people. But me personally, it's more about actually educating people to live better and live a healthier and longer life. That's well said. I, I have to share it to add to what you said. Cindy, if you're listening still, I think one of the things that many people don't realize is that if you go into PT work, you're doing it for the sake of it's a servitude. You're doing it to serve and assist others in improving their, their lives not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, psychologically as well. So it's a complete package, and you're actually helping the whole person, not just the physical person. So I think it's great. Anyone who goes in this work, I salute him or her because it is not easy work. Would you agree, Marcus? Not easy work. I must agree with a personal trainer. Not at all. Folks think it's easy to show up and tell people what to do, but sometimes people don't show up. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) <laughs> That's so true. And then you got a lot of people that like to complain, but, you know, after a while, they understand that it's a benefit for them, not just me. Absolutely. And we pay those gym memberships. I recently canceled my gym membership because I have my own personal gym now at home. But people can easily cancel those memberships or keep those memberships and never show up. Never show up a day after the honeymoon season ends of their getting back fit, you know. So it's, it's, it's something important. I think that those of us like ourselves, you and me, Jonesy, we're very we're, we're professional people who are very busy. 
but you have to make the time to take care of your mental health because it helps you deal with the stress of life. That is so true. Like, I think about it like, um, you know, you don't get up in the morning like, oh, man, am I going to work today? Well, maybe some people do, but most people that have to pay bills, it's like, uh, I'm going to work, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not a matter of if I'm going to the gym today. It's more like what time. So if I work at 9 a.m. to 5, I'm getting off work, and I'm going to go get a quick workout in, then I'm going to go home. All right, if I work at 3 yep. o'clock in the daytime, I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier, go work out, and then go home. So it's not a matter of when I'm, if I'm working out, is when. And like you mentioned, it it it's like a psychologist. <laughs> it, it'll help you with all your problems, most of them anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's true. It's definitely good for your mental it's health. It's true. It is. And, and, and you said it right. You have to get in where you fit in and not make excuses, which is my mantra this mm-hmm. year. I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. You may have seen it. My, my theme for 2018 is this. And it's from a sign that I put up in my home gym that I look at every time I'm on the treadmill. It says, be stronger than your excuses. Yes, and we I love have it. to be. In every aspect, and starting with health, we have to be stronger than our excuses. People make many excuses why they can't go see the doctor or many excuses why they can't make it to the gym or eat better. We have to be stronger than our excuses. So we have more questions mm-hmm. coming in, Marcus. Here's another one for you. This is from Robin from Jacksonville, Mississippi. Thank you for listening, Robin, and for your continued support. Here's the question. I'll read it slowly. Ever since I was a child, Marcus, I struggled with weight. It's definitely genetics, but what I want, but I want to overcome this. At one point, ten years ago, I was down to a size five, and now I've ballooned back to a size fourteen after birthing two children. What do you recommend? Well, hey, Robin, how you doing, by the way? Um, so what I recommend is that you have to be consistent with the working out. I know it gets hard. Like a lot of people, like I own a fitness studio, Cyclozone Miami. I'm co-owner. And the first couple of months of the year, it is packed. I'm talking about people on waiting lists for weeks on out, you know. And then as soon as the middle of the year hit, when everybody started to reach their goals, you know, they dropped down to the size five. It's like, oh, I feel good now. I don't have to work out as much. And then they start to slow down, and my gym start to – it's not empty, but it's not as full as it was. And that's because once people start to see results, they figure that they can, you know, stop working out. But it really doesn't work like that. You know, you don't – you can't just brush your teeth three or four times, uh, like for three or four months straight, and then your teeth is good for the rest of the year. You actually have to do a little bit every mm-hmm. day and stay consistent. And, you know, change the little things in your diet. Like I mentioned, stop eating – like don't eat white rice if you if you are. Change it to, like, brown rice. And I, I'm not trying to tell you to be a – me. you don't have to eat as healthy as I do all the time, but, you know, change up some of those things in your diet so you're not eating bad all the time either. And it would be easy mm. if I knew exactly what you was eating or what you was doing as far as working out because I don't want to sit here and say, oh, yeah, you're, you're not working out, and you are. But um, definitely just making sure that you stay consistent with your working out. That is a very result, good point, Don't stop. <laughs> yep. Don't stop. You hear that, Robin. I agree. I echo every word that Marcus just stated. Don't stop. And be stronger than your excuses. I have to share this, Robin, and Marcus can attest to this. When Marcus was born and he was growing up, his beautiful mother, who is still as gorgeous as ever, she ran. She, she worked out, and she had two children, and she was a full-time nurse. 
So as a result, there were no excuses in her life. She maintained and she maintained through the day. So as a result, we can't. We have to find time to do what's best because if Mama is not healthy, then how are you going to be very effective and and of of use to your own children? So keep that in mind as well, Robin, as you're going through your incredible work and getting back on track as I am. Here's another question coming. That's in a Mark. great point. From Carlos, you know, this this question is coming from Carlos from Seattle, Washington. So now we're getting questions from the West Coast, which is, which is, by the way, three hours back. So they're listening to the show now at 12.20 p.m. on the West Coast, which is really cool. Here's the question. I know that looking good comes at a price, Marcus. What is the most memorable thing a client has told you about their success? Man, mine, it comes from one of my personal training clients, uh, Kathleen. If she's listening, hey, Kathleen, still have much love for you. I miss you. Okay, so um, basically, what she was, she was working out before she like she'd fall off, she'd get back into it, she'd fall off, and then she was having issues with her health, like high blood pressure and things like that. And finally, she got with me, and you know, like I mentioned earlier in the call, that I like to get people to start off doing something simple, to the point where they not enjoy the workout, but it's not as hard just because you're not doing something that you know you really can't do. And so after, right. I think it took about six months, she went back to the doctor, and all her results became negative. Like, she didn't really have high blood pressure anymore. There's a couple other things that went down that, you know, made my day. And also, I have another client of mine, Carolyn. She She's awesome. She She's been coming to my studio now for oof, almost since I started, like three to four years now. And she just went back to the results to get all her blood tests. And her doctor was amazed. And she's, seven, she's 70 something years old. Okay, she, she takes cycling classes. These hard cycling classes that I'll be getting people to do, she takes them. And she came back with all her results. And she was like, I'm so happy. My doctor can't even believe that, you know, all, my blood test came back as well as it did. And the only thing that she's been doing was wow. taking the cycling classes and, you know, eating a little bit healthier. Made my day. <laughs> she, wow. She fit the picture and she wanted me wow. to post it up on my Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you said at age 77? No. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You hear that, folks? And you hear that, Carlos? Be stronger than your excuses. I'm sure you're probably working out diligently too, Carlos. But it goes back to, it goes to show you can never be too old or too young to get healthy. There's a part two, Marcus, to that question. And the, the part two is, what is the most unforgettable moment you've had with a client? If you could name one. Hmm. Uh, most unforgettable moment. Oh, one of my, well, it's simple, but one of my clients, when she could never do a push-up, ever. I'm, she said, she was, at the time I was personal trainer, she might have been like 45 um, mm-hmm. She has. She told me that she's never ever done a push up before, like a re- real push up. I'm talking not the not the modified one where you're doing it on your knees. And you know, so what I told her, like, all right, don't worry, we'll get there one day. We'll start off doing it the modified version. I don't call it, a lot of people call it the girl push ups. I don't do that. It's modified. We do it like that because I don't want people to feel like, oh, it's okay to do it this way because I'm a girl. No. It, right. it just takes baby steps to get to where you want to get to. So we'll do it the modified way every every day or three times a week, the times I would see her. 
And then every day I would have a try one regular one, you know, one regular real push-up. It took about two to three weeks, maybe even a month. But the moment when she did those push-ups, and, and she didn't just do one. She ended up doing about four or five of them, which, of course, to a lot of people it might not be a lot, but for me and her, we was amazed that she was able to get them done. She, I'm talking about a lady that hasn't done a push-up in her whole entire life at the age of 45, <laughs> and she was able to do them all. And, and I'm, wow. to this day, she's still doing push-ups. <laughs> wow. And, and and that's that's very special. It's very transformational. You're getting people to push beyond boundaries. And most of those boundaries mm-hmm. are all mental. They're mental boundaries that we all set up because it's easy to say I can't because we don't want to. And so as a result, it's so it sometimes some extrinsic motivation to push us to get up and just get make it happen. And that was that's a very notable moment. There's another question coming in, and it's from my colleague, the host of of Journey into Passion, Anika S. She says, I have a couple of questions. Here's the first one, Marcus. What are some of the best exercises for exercises for weight loss? I'll give you that question first. Indoor cycling is a very great workout for weight loss. Mm-hmm. And another the benefit of indoor cycling is that you can go hard, and if you start to get tired, you can have a seat on the bike, and you can still be moving your legs and still be working out. Okay, so that's one thing I that's push true. to a lot of people, especially for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's it great is for weight impact. loss is, is low impact, exactly. So, you know, you have knee issues or lower back issues. This wouldn't affect the workout. You'll still be able to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that you can do that helps out a lot, the reason why you do squats is because it builds muscle. Is is I mean, it, This is if you don't have any knee problems, of course, but it builds muscle, and when you're when you build muscle, you start to burn fat while you're sitting down. Okay, so you and and that is the biggest muscle is your legs, your your quads and your hamstring, the biggest muscle that you have in your body. And if you can start getting muscles there, it does make it a lot easier to start to burn that fat while you while you're sitting down and you know doing regular activities. Very good answer. You know that second exercise. I hate squats. I hate them so much. I, I just hate them. I don't know why, but and I and I like free weights. So I have dumbbell. I have a whole complete dumbbell set at the house now, and so I use free weights. But still, you're absolutely right. You know, the weight, muscle weighs more than fat, and if you can be burning while you're sitting, that probably explains why I'm a little hungrier than average lately, because I've been burning so much, walking two miles a day, basically. I'm trying to get back into my runs, and so mm-hmm. and, and 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 as I run, I realize. It was easier doing it when I was in my 30s, but now that I'm in my 40s, holy moly, things are moving and jiggling, and I'm like, whoa, i got to take this easy. So I'm taking gradual steps. Change shoes, which is also important, (laughs) Enrique. Make sure that you change and have great shoes on your feet as well. And you can't be working out in shoes or workout shoes that you've only stored for workout and had for over five years. You have to be comfortable and and, and hydrate well. You know, so these are some other things. And she asked another question for you, Marcus, and I hope you can answer. How do you balance your full-time job and manage your personal training business? It's simple. I just do not make any excuses. So, you know, um, luckily where my job, like where I work, the schedule is always different, and I have a team with mm-hmm. me to teach at the studio. So it's not just me by myself. So I, I make 
So what I do is I plan my schedule ahead of time. My schedule will come out. I have two weeks in my schedule knowing exactly what, what times I work. So I go ahead and start planning the days that I'm going to teach the cycling classes or I'm going to personal train a person and then delegate the other times for my other instructors to take care of the times that I can't make it. And I, I never make excuses. There's never, never, ever a reason for me not to be able to make it. I'm never too tired. That's not an excuse for me. You know, um, the time is, is like the window of me working out is small. I don't use that as an excuse either. I just get it done. So well, I, I agree I, with what I you're saying. Is, it. You know, mm-hmm. No, go ahead, please. Okay, so, yeah, what I, what I would do is tell you not to make any excuses when it comes to, you know, your your health you, or your bills. You got to pay your bills and you want to be healthy too, so, you know, you got to do it all. I know people sit down and watch their TV shows for an hour a day or two to three hours a day, <laughs> and there's no excuse for that. So, you know, don't make excuses for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jonesy, that's a great, profound statement there. There is no excuse for that. It's funny. We'll find time to do the foolish stuff. I even say it to my own students. You know, they'll give me 30 reasons why they couldn't turn in their, their assignments. And I always say to them, I said, if I paid you, to turn in your assignment, you'd always find time to turn in that assignment. Therefore, you see value because there'd be a monetary value tied to your completing that assignment. And so as a result, what you just said is the same. If we add value and see value in whatever it is we want to do, we're more likely to complete it or follow it through. And I think that's very key what you said, being stronger than our excuses. That is my 2018 yes. mantra, and I'm sure it's something you live by all the time too. Well, folks, we're Every already day. at the half-hour mark. You sure said it every day. Every day, Jonesy lives these things, and you're, we're now, Jonesy, at the half, the, the half mark, uh, half hour mark, which means we have less than 30 minutes left for our show. If at any time oh, I man. see many of you are sending in questions, I'm going to do our best to get as many of them on. Jonesy, I have a total of 15 questions to go through. So what I'm going to do is scrap the questions and ideas I had for us and just jump instead into the questions that many of our listeners would like to have answered by you. And some of them are really, uh, great really to good, and they're coming, in from, they're coming in from all over the place. So let's, let's continue to do that. But I'll, for those of you who are listening, the call-in number is 347-539-5372, and you already know what the email address is, but I'll state it again. It's at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Here comes the next question, Marcus. This one's from Niles from Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, he says, starting at a gym can be tough for some, especially those who are body conscious. What tips do you recommend to get over the social fears of starting the gym? I could use some. Ooh, that's a tough one. So the, the reason why that's tough is because it, it, it's hard to get into somebody's head to tell them to, you know, be more confident in yourself and don't worry about what others are saying because it doesn't work for everybody. Um, so what I would suggest is, you know, um, when you go to the like when you go to the gym, have a different goal. Like, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, go to a corner of the gym and then go do your little exercises and then leave. You know, don't worry about what other people are looking at because most times, especially the people that fit, we're not looking at the people that we're not looking at anybody else. We're actually in there only because we want to be in there. So we're going in there. We're working out hard. We're not paying attention to others and other people around. I, I actually get inspired to see people that 
you know, a body conscious that I know that they don't really want to be in there because they don't really know what they need to do when they go to the gym. I get inspired to see them actually working out. So don't don't think that people are actually paying attention to you or what you're doing. And if they are, they'll probably just come over and tell you, hey, look, you're doing this wrong. Let me show you how to do it. And the okay. gym is one of those places where most people, they go to the gym and, and and like everybody kind of has like this good vibe around them because we all in there for one goal. And that one goal is to be better than I was yesterday or to be more fit, you know, to stay healthy. But we all in there for the same reason. So, of course, yeah, you might need to lose weight and I might need to be gaining weight. But I'm not looking down at you because, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit heavier than I am or whatever the case may be. Okay, most people in the gym, and they, they, and they, at the end of the day, you just got to do it. Right, Marcus? You just you, have to do it. And you have it. to do it. <laughs> and that, yeah, don't, don't, don't let that be an excuse. Yes, the excuse. And it, see, that's, it's coming up. This excuse work keeps coming up again. You know, when I was joining my fraternity, we were told, you know, the excuses were like, in a form of combustion with the likelihood that they'll explode in your face. And it's true. They'll explode in your face. And who wants to be there to clean off that mess? And so it's it's true, and it, but it's easier. It's easier for you and me because we are type A attitudes and we, we don't care what the world thinks. But we do recognize mm-hmm. that others may have challenges in, in enduring and in, in acclimating within a social environment when it comes to their health. But Marcus said it right. Mm-hmm. you got to get out there and find your space and think about it. Everybody in there is trying to get fined just like you. Everyone in there is on a, on a mission. And people who are committed to their cause, they're committed to what, just that, their cause, getting on that machine, getting in their reps or their sets, and then also moving about their day because they have other things to do. The next question is coming in, Marcus, from Tina from right here in Miami, Florida. She says, great show, Billy and Marcus. Marcus, what is your weekly diet like? How well do you stick to a plan? All right. That's an easy one for me. Um, I, I keep my diet very, very simple. I don't eat donuts and cookies and all that stuff throughout the week. I, normally for breakfast, I'll eat, you know, egg white, or one piece of toast, turkey, bacon. That's, you know, for some people, some people know. Um, but egg whites and, and a piece of toast would do the job in the morning. Lunchtime. You need to have some chicken or red meat. Tuna is another good one that I use. Vegetables and brown rice, the smaller portions. And then for dinner, it's almost the same thing as my 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 breakfast. I mean, I'm sorry, my lunch, just without the rice. And I eat about you know four to five times a day. And my snacks are always healthy snacks. Like I have either protein shake for uh, in between meal or snack. I have um what, like a granola bar every now and then in the morning, yogurt. And and what I do is I don't, I don't consider it a diet either. Like diet almost scares some people away, you know, because diets are hard to do. Now, if you're just eating healthy, it's a little bit easier, you know. I don't – and then stop eating all that the trash food. We all know, like we're sitting there and we're eating that donut knowing that we shouldn't eat it. If you know – if you're thinking in your head that you should eat it or not, you probably shouldn't. Just don't do it. Give yourself one day of the week, like a Sunday. <laughs> Give yourself a Sunday. Maybe every Sunday you go ahead and eat one of the, you know, something that you like to eat. But during the week, try to keep it as simple as possible, chicken, rice, vegetables, egg whites in the morning, yogurt throughout the, you know, yogurt in the morning after your, 
first initial breakfast. If you get hungry again, eat a banana or something like that in the morning, but try, and then try not to eat fruits at night either because that is high sugar. Mm, that's a good point. I didn't think of that, you know, the fruits, not having fruits at night because I was thinking, I'm not a dessert person, but I do, you know, every once in a while, I like, a, you know, something. Like, I don't like a cookie. I don't. I hate donuts. I've always never liked donuts. And so it's true, though, but I, I thought eating a piece of fruit would be nice to do at night. Now that I realize what you said, maybe I should curve yeah. it a bit. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, we have another question mm-hmm. coming in. Yanelli from Miami, Florida, asked another question. Thanks for this segment. She says, at the start of a new year, we all want to get fit, but how do we stay motivated after the new year's blues start to enter and reality sets in? I need to keep focused. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Okay, so um, what I do that works for me, well, it works for me only because I have this mentality that I need to work out anyway. But um, basically what I try to do is, you know, I, I don't make, you know, beginning of the year goals. Like it's not like, oh, all right, it's a new year, it's a new me. No, no, no. It's it's a lifestyle. You know, um, I, I I don't Very go true. into my first six months of the year like, oh, I got to I gotta get to this certain point and then I'll be good. Because once you get to that certain point, there's really nothing else to do after that. You know, you, you say I want to lose 10 pounds. So you lose the 10 pounds, don't you lose 10 pounds? What is there to look forward to now? So you can either keep making That's goals. Like, all right, so I, I, I lost 10 pounds. Now I need to make three pounds of muscle. Or you just, you know, instead of you like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds, I need to feel good every time I walk into the store. So, you know, you work out every day. You you keep that working out going though you like like I always mention you have to be consistent um and try yeah try to either keep making new goals or not use like a 10 pound you know weight loss or weight gain as your motivator uh it's it's so much easier like you said it's so much easier to fall a fad and then fads they, they fail and instead of just setting realistic goals within your existing lifestyle, but you said it right, it's a lifestyle change that people have to make. Not easy. And it's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Tom from Davie, Florida, asked the following question, Marcus. Have you ever entered any bodybuilding or fitness contests, or do you recommend any? I've never myself. I have friends and family members that have, but me personally, um, bodybuilding is not really my thing. Um, you know, right. I just, like like I mentioned earlier, like I just do it to be healthy throughout my regular life, you know, and and to educate others. Like I don't want to be the personal trainer that don't work out myself or I sit here and tell all these clients of mine, like, oh, you need to do this and you need to stay fit, and then I don't do it myself. So, that you know, that's what keeps me motivated. But, um yeah, I don't really – like, bodybuilding and all that stuff is not really for me. But I do like – I just share this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, I got to share this. There are two types of people who I do not, profession-wise, I do not want to see overweight if they're treating me. One, my PE teacher. I don't want to <laughs> see an overweight PE teacher because at the end of the day, they should be embodying what other children specifically should be emulating. And then the other is yeah. medical practitioners like doctors. 
You know, if I, my doctor tells me I need to be healthy, I, I think the doctor should exemplify what health looks like. Does that make sense? And so the same applies to being a physical tra- a personal trainer. Most definitely you are a model. You're walking around as this billboard of what good health should be modeled or how it should be modeled. So I, at least in my own opinion, I'm not saying this is your own, but for me I feel that it's important that people follow through and be the example so that others can follow too. And you do that very well, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here comes yeah, all right. Think about it. Like Bring them on. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. By all means. So my next thing is, like, if you have kids or, you know, you have younger siblings that you want to look up to you, make health be one of those things you want them to look up to you as well with, you know. You know like my mom, like you said earlier, my mom used to run. She used to work. Not only did she work a full-time job, she used to work overtime hours as well. And she will always still get her running in no matter what. You know, she had to take care of two kids take care, you know, run the whole household with everybody. And then um, and on the weekends, she went to church. She never made no excuses for that either. But she still worked out. And not only – she didn't work just 40 hours a week. She's worked more sometimes, a lot of times. 12-hour yep. days, still go work out. You know, so don't make excuses and, and be that example for your younger siblings and also your kids. Because, you know, not only do they need to be able to pay their bills, they, you want them to be healthy. Because, you know, healthy. you live a healthier life, it's a That's lot easier wow. to get through your day. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. And Natasha from Atlanta, Georgia, asked the following, how do I work out when it's so cold outside? Up north, Ooh, the weather has been so unbearable that I have lost time and motivation to go to the gym. Thanks for any tips. <laughs> All right, so that one is tough. I mean, I, I was telling my mom the other day, I'm like, man, I know it has to be tough to work out when it's that cold outside. Mm-hmm. In, in those situations, you're going to have to start working out in your house. Look at some motivation, like some uh, workout videos at home and do the workout right inside your house because I, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you to go out in, you know, 20-degree weather to get to the gym so you can get your workout in because – you know, I don't have to go through 20-degree weather, thank goodness. But with that being <laughs> said, there's YouTube will teach you anything you want to know. So get on YouTube, right. watch you a video or two, and work out right there in your house with your heater on, and then you won't be cold, I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I love that. that. That's true. I mean, we live in a world where digital rhetoric is so fast. There is no excuse. You can just click on your phone or take out a mobile device and put somebody on your screen and they can work out with you. So no excuses at all in this modern era, unless, of course, you know, right. the folks are limited in terms of economic means to support those things. Here's another question. Exactly. You know, Nellie from Orlando, Florida, asked a really interesting question about cheat days. So she asked the following. So I'm told that cheat days are good but they should be limited. How often do we include cheat days or should we include cheat days in our dietary plan? Well, that's on you. So what what I would suggest, if, if it's going to take you one cheat day a week for you to maintain healthy eating throughout the week, then do that one day, not one, one day a week. Now, if you can go away with doing it once or twice a month, that would be way better for you. But remember this, the 
you know, the the good is going to outweigh the bad. So, like, if you're eating five times or seven, six times a week good and one day bad, it's not going to really affect you as much as if you was eating, three, like, three days and three days. So if, it, if it's going to take That's you true. one time a week that you need to eat whatever you need to eat to maintain the healthy eating throughout the week, give yourself that one day. <laughs> give yourself that one day. Good response. Good response. And Nicole from Trenton, New Jersey, asked the following question. If you open the magazine covers, advertisements for curvy women, and that beauty and being thick is best, what are your thoughts on being thick versus thin? And this question is addressed to both of us. So I'll start with you, Marcus. Mm-hmm. What is your, your thoughts on being curvy, you know, being thick versus thin? Which is a very interesting point because we do see that now um, on, on, on runways such as, um, international runway for models, we do have plus-size women who are modeling. We also realize mm-hmm. that the average woman cannot look like the women who are seen on the runways, let's say, for Victoria's Secret. That's not the average. And so what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on being thick versus thin in, in terms of that? Uh, so in my so my response is going to be this. So, you know, don't try to be something that you're not. If you're not normally a thin person, don't expect, you know, for you to look like one of these runway models. Um, you know, being being healthy and being fit is what we should be focused on. Like, me personally, yeah, I might like thicker girls, and then but then again, there's a lot of thin girls that look great too. But it's not about thick or thin. It's about either being healthy or unhealthy. Because I know a lot of people that's a lot heavier than me. Like, you see some of these NFL players, they're big, a little bit heavier than they, they should be, but they work out and they eat healthy too, and they're in great shape. Yeah, I mean, great enough shape to be playing against these top of the line quality athletes. But it, it, so don't try to don't try to fix your body on what you see in all the social media, you know, and all all these magazines. Because if you try to focus on that, nine times out of ten, you're not really going to get that. Like I, me personally, I'm not going to get a bodybuilder body. I'm a thin guy. So I'm not going to try to sit there and get waves, you know, huge and get to 230 pounds. But as long as I keep myself fit and a little bit better than I was the day before, it's fine with me. And you should be able to do, like, you should do the same. Don't worry about thin or thick. Fit, great response. Fit. I, I agree. And, and there's a question here coming in, Mark, that relates to that previous question. But I will, I'll just read what you said versus ask the question because you probably already answered it. And Maria from Miami, Florida says, there is a lot of body shaming taking place in the media today on celebrities such as Kelly Clarkson, who has gained weight since her child's birth. And I guess her question was, is it true that people must look a certain way? And you just answered it. And the question is, we have to accept, accept genetically who we are in the this, in this shell that we're born in and, and, and be comfortable with that because confidence plays a role too. You know, I may not be the thinnest guy in the world, but I, my confidence is bigger than the house I live in, you know. And it's okay to have great confidence, but to have too much would become could also be a detriment. So it's it's all of those things are key in just loving who you are on your own skin in order to celebrate and embrace life for what it's worth, especially when it starts to get health. There are more yeah. questions, Marcus, yeah. and we're coming down to the last thirteen minutes. So I'm gonna to try to do a a fly a, a, a drive by with some of these questions. So here goes. Chris right. from El Paso, Texas asked the following. How much walking can one do in order to get good results? Ooh, you're going to have to do a lot of walking. What I would suggest is 
start off walking, once you get used to walking those that mile or two, turn it to jogging that mile or two. And then turn it from jogging to running half the mile and then, you know, jogging a little bit of it and then running again. So, yeah, just try to keep increasing the workload. Don't worry about trying because walking, only walking is going to be tough. Even if you have to go to the gym and do, like, light weights after you do a little bit of walking, but try to just increase what you're doing. Because, you know, just walking alone yeah. would, you know, it, it'll keep you, it'll keep your blood flowing, which is really great. It'll keep you healthy. But depending on what your goals are, you're going to need to increase it. Yeah. And you need some weight training, some muscle, you know, weight training as well in terms of the muscle and bringing in muscle development as well. Because that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I now walk safely two miles a day, and I'm tra- transforming that into a light jog, which eventually, like you said, will lead into a run. But you got to shed mm-hmm. some of the weight before you can start doing the, the bam, 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 especially when it comes to high-impact exercises. So your advice is a very, yeah. very, very sound, especially for me. Here's another question for you, Marcus. Tino from Miami, Florida wants to know, the latest craze uh, for our, our, the latest crazes are fitness boot camps and other fitness clubs where you get to test your might, like CrossFit and things like that. Are these good starting points for newcomers to fitness? All right, so I love CrossFit. CrossFit is great. I'm not going to but I would not say that it's a good start-off point for fitness newcomers. The reason why is because, you know, there's a lot of people working out, and the workouts that you do are geared towards, like, you know, um, athletes. And if you never worked out in your life, you might not know exactly how to do it, and you can definitely injure yourself. Um, so me personally, what I would suggest is you start off with something small. It is good to do, don't get me wrong, but you can't injure yourself if you don't know exactly what you're doing. And and nothing against the CrossFit people, you know, but it's, it's hard for one person to make sure that everybody's in the class is doing something perfectly correct when there's that many people going at that fast of a pace. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. So, very good point. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a question you, coming in, Marcus, that really – go ahead. I'll finish your thought, and then I want to ask this other question that relates to what you just said. Go ahead. But yeah, like, but if you if you've worked out in the past and you know how to do certain exercises, or you've been on YouTube and know what not to do during the exercises, CrossFit is great. But back to you, back to mm. you, Billy. I'm ready for the next question. Yeah, that was a great. It, it actually, you just triggered something that came in. I want to get this because Aunt Jackie from Baltimore, Maryland, has a question, has a question for you. Can you cycle if you had if you have a bad knee? I like that question. I love you, Aunt Jackie. Um, yes, you can. So the the thing is that, you know, cycling is, I believe, the third least impact workout that you can do, especially for people with bad knees. First thing would be something that you're doing inside the water. You know, other than that, it would be, I can't even remember the other one, but cycling is definitely a third. And the reason why is because, you're not really using your knees to work out. Like if you do squats, you're gonna to have to actually put the pressure on your knees. When you when you're working on a bike, you don't have to put apply pressure on your knees. Oh yeah, the second was actually roll biking. <laughs> so it's mm. what like uh, water workouts, roll biking mm-hmm. or indoor cycling. So yeah, if you if you have bad knees, I would definitely suggest a cycling pass. It's the most low impact workout you can possibly do. Very good point. 
And thanks for the question and listening, Jackie. Here's another question for you, Marcus, from Denver, from Atlanta, Georgia. How can I make veggies more tolerable? I hate them, but I know I need to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> All veggies aren't that bad of taste. Uh, you, oof. I mean, if you don't like veggies, you, you just have to – it's an acquired taste. and Make yourself like it. Just keep eating it until you like it. Don't eat the worst ones. You know, the, the broccoli is something that I like to use because it's not as bad. Um, I love corn. But to make it more tolerable, that's that's just hard. I mean, that's, if, if your taste buds doesn't like vegetables, you just better get used to just, you know, not tasting it. <laughs> I don't yep. know how to make it. I, I agree. You, you shouldn't really season it too much. I, <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what a lot of folks don't realize. I mean, if you do season, like salt would not be good for you. But there are some natural mm-hmm. herbs, because I'm, I'm an avid cook. There's certain herbs that may or may not, like, for instance, rosemary won't hurt. A little rosemary oh, true. or a pinch of paprika. You know, like that, that'll yeah, give it some flavor. But like said, you got to find the veggies you like. Because it's just like mm-hmm. finding the right food that you like. You know, even the bad stuff, even the bad things we shouldn't have, there are certain bad foods that people still don't like to eat. So the same would apply for the good food as well, Denver. If you're looking for something, you got to try it all. And like he, like Marcus said earlier, look online for Tasty or any of these health food channels that are on YouTube, and they show you great ways in which you can prepare food at no cost. So definitely some things That's to true. consider. There are a couple more questions coming in. And I want to share uh, the following to, to several of you. I thank you for listening, and Marcus has been amazing. Marcus, you're blowing up, and I can't wait to see what our analytics say in terms of our, our numbers for today. But it is safe to say I am certain that we'll keep above our average four grand, 4K around the globe who listen to the show. And so here's another question coming in. I do want to answer after this one because it's very uh, important, and this is from – Aunt Joan, who asked the following, what about people who eat to live? How can we adjust our diet, especially when one loves sweets? That's a great question, Mom. I love you, by the way. So what you need to do is, you know, pick, like if you like sweets, start eating some fruits. But try not to eat it at night, of course, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, Shakes. You can do shakes that that's a little sweet that'll take away that urge to eat something sweet. Okay, um, and and you got to change your mentality on whether like eating to live and living to eat. You have to you have to make that change in your in your mental like in your mentality. It, it's hard, but once you do it for anything that you do for twenty one days, you can keep it going. So for twenty one days, you set out. All right, for these next couple of weeks, I'm gonna stop eating sweet during the week. I'm going to stop doing it. And just get in the habit of, you know, whenever you get whenever you get that urge to eat something sweet, eat something else, eat a piece of chicken. Yeah, it might not crave, it might not, you know, it it might not take care of that, that urge that you've had to eat something sweet, but it'll fill you up where you don't need to eat anymore. You really won't need to eat. That's true. You know, a lot of times we, we get we get that sweet urge, we're still kinda of hungry. <laughs> I, I love sweets. Me personally, I, candy, my mom will tell you now, growing up, in, the only way to keep me up in church, get me a pack of nowlators, and I'll eat that whole pack of nowlators within that one hour and a half. 
and I'll be looking for more <laughs> when that pack is done. Okay, I love sweets. I can eat candy. I like cookies. I like donuts. I like almost everything. But I just don't eat it during the while. Wow. It took a while before I was able to do that, even if I started doing like, all right, you know, I'm just going to have one cookie until I got to it. I don't even need any cookies at all until the end of the week. And, and some weeks I don't even take a cheat day because the, the meals that I cook were so good, you know, and I like to save my money. So that I got to buy satisfied. <laughs> Right, exactly. And you're right. It, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's everything in moderation. And and you know, all of, for all of you who are listening, I, we can't thank you enough for listening here on Everyday Folks Radio. And as although we come to a close, I think the question that Natalie has for you, Marcus, is the best one of all. And so, if you could share briefly, um, her question is this: What does your future look like, Marcus? So, what's next? So, what's next right now? I'm trying to add more classes in my gym, Cycles on Miami. Um, you can go to CycleZoneMiami.com and, you know, look at all the things that we offer. Um, I just partnered up with Silver Sneakers, which is awesome for me because now I can, you mm-hmm. know, get to the, old, the, the the older folks, you know, the people that are in their 60s and up who their their insurance pays for them to work out. I can have them come to the gym as well because, I, you know, I want to get everybody to be healthy. It, 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 I know it's a wow. hard thing to do at first, but once you start getting into it, it's really great. You feel better. Like I mentioned, I have people that I work with go up the stairs, and by the time they get up to the top flight, they're tired. Me, I run up the stairs and run down the stairs, and I feel like, oh, man, I can do this again. You know, and um, so <laughs> right now I'm working on adding more, adding more classes in the gym, and and I just teamed up with Silver Sneakers, so I'm going to be able to affect a lot more people with, you know, all of my all of my knowledge and education on working out and being and being healthy. So definitely you can find me on well, MarcusOnMiami.com. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm proud. <laughs> you said CycleZone.com. Yeah. And what we'll do, folks, all of your feeds, Marcus, we'll, we'll place them on my blog and on my webpage at okay. BillyPaulJones.com so that folks can follow up as well. And I just want to say you were so popular, you know I have to bring you back. So in the next, I would say in the next six months or so, I want to bring you back for a follow-up and to do an even longer segment, maybe 90 minutes, where we can converse a lot further about these great ideas and giving more folks opportunities to chime in with their feedback as well. I just want to say thank you That'd so much awesome. and congratulations with all that you do, and I'll be in touch with you soon, okay? Thanks on behalf of Everyday Folks Radio. Congratulations and continue doing the great work you're doing. Thanks so much for having me, and thank you to all the listeners and all the questions. I enjoyed it. And, um, Billy, you keep it up as well. I see that you're doing great. And, you know, you, you, you motivate me to keep on striving to be better. Thank you so much. Love all you, right? Take care. <laughs> so, folks, there you have it. Marcus Jones, personal trainer, owner of CycleZone Miami, was just here on the show. Thank you for listening to our show. And be back next Sunday on the 28th when I interview Nadine Tabs, the poet and artist, right here at 3 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for all the love you continue to show us here at Everyday Folks Radio. It's been almost over two years now that we've been doing this, and we do it for you, the extraordinary yet ex- in, in, in amazing individuals who represent everyday folks across the globe. This is Billy Jones signing off. Take care of yourselves, and we'll be back soon. Have a great weekend.